and it was like multiple people all at once and the guy was catfishing like all of them <laughs> that was funny oh it's fun to laugh at old people well it wasn't really old people it was young people but yeah i know but it's still fun to laugh at old people it is i don't think it'll ever go out of style also all these uh measures that we're doing is mainly for the old and they're not very grateful for it no they're not grateful for anything like they're, it's they're hands down the least grateful people on the planet like let's be honest yeah well and then they're not taking anything serious and they think they're like oh this is nothing i'm like trick listen this is something because <laughs> your rest could be dead it's <laughs> kind of pissing me off it you know it's pissing me off is that my wife has uh another unrelated like medical thing going on and it's going to be oh. a nightmare to get that taken care of Ugh. yeah that's that's the, honestly that so like i think that yes it's it's going to be tragic i don't know how much more tragic than the regular flu i'm still my my stuff's still out on whether it's going to be that much more tragic but the real problem is is the incubation when period you say, when you say the flu are you like referencing the spanish flu or are you referencing just no like no no i'm re referencing just the, the seasonal flu okay. because the, the seasonal flu has has such a mortality rate and all that type of stuff and then over the masses we might it it might be more or it might be less and really the real problem with the whole this the, the, this COVID nineteen is the problem that first off the incubation period is two weeks so you can infect a lot more people with that it's whether so, it's it puts you in the hospital length of time it is it's it's you know so my background being um, chemical biological stuff I don't want to get in conspiracy theories. However, the incubation period seems by design because the, the idea of having a two-week incubation period is a long time for a virus to sit almost dormant for that amount of time. So it's, it's very interesting to me seeing on that side. Now, so that incubation period allows you to infect a lot more people without realizing it. And then the problem is, is you know, there's a quite a bit of people that will have something like cold and flu syndrome symptoms where they don't need to go in the hospital. But for that small percentage of people that do need to go in the hospital, they're going to be in there and they're going to be in there for a while and they need a lot of care. That's the problem is the amount of people that will be in the hospital and need the care. So normally when, you know, you break your knee and you have to go in the hospital to see, they're like, sorry, we can't see you right now. Or you have like, God forbid, like a stroke or whatever, or someone else has a serious thing. And they need to be seen. We just don't have the beds for you because like it's full the, of people with flu. Those That's are the, the numbers problem. that I'm super curious about when it comes to like Italy and whatnot. Like how many people are dying inadvertently because of COVID? Like That's, that's what I would like crazy. to see too. So Italy is an interesting culture uh, and, and have interesting problems because like Europe, they have a older population they and then their culture. Well, they love to smoke. They have an older population and they are the, the young people are much more or they, they're very, much more social with family and and yeah, it's almost you, a stereotype it, it's, very, it's very normal for there to be three generations living in the same house yes and so and they 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 also see the same uh problem with the regular flu of mortality rate each year um now this one seems to be having a higher mortality rate but i think it's because also the the infection is so much higher there because that incubation period was, they had it for so long. Yeah. Now, another problem with Italy is 
if you if you know about where it really hit really bad was the northern part of Italy, there are a lot of factory workers that come there from China. So China sends a lot of factory workers to northern Italy. They do a lot of their manufacturing for fashion and Italian-made leather and all that type of crap. They import the workers from China. So that's where a lot of that infection happened. Because for the longest time, China didn't say anything about how badly how bad the COVID-19 was. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. So China didn't say that for a while about how badly the, the COVID-19 was. And they try to underplay it. And even... I mean, for the longest time, even us, we're like, we're, we're all kind of sitting back watching, like, it looks kind of serious, but we don't know what, how serious it is because China doesn't share crap, but they're still exporting their workers and all that around the world. So I know it's propaganda on both sides and all that, but that's also another big piece to it too, why Italy was hit so hard because a lot of their workers weren't Italian, they were Chinese. And I want to get into that, but the very first thing that I want to do is I do want to welcome everybody back to this, Justin. It's been... Sorry. It's been three weeks since the first episode dropped, and I thought that this uh, whole COVID thing was going to blow over real fast, and I was going to be able to get people in person to to you know chat with and whatnot. I had I had so many cool people lined up that just everything fell apart. So uh, you know, worst case scenario, I just talked to my brother from another mother, Mister Ira Latham, <laughs> who is not my actual brother, but pretty dang close. He is my uncle. Um, but he's an interesting person nonetheless. Um, let's go ahead and first off, let's talk about your background. You said that your background was in chemical and, uh, some other shit that I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) go ahead and and repeat it for everybody to hear. Yeah, no problem. So my, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was a chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear defense specialist. So we learned basically all about different pathogens, different chemicals that are used in warfare, how to deal with biological agents, nuclear fallout, all that stuff to basically keep the fight going, keep the troops safe and keep moving on. So that's why like, I, I know enough to know, like I'm not an, a necessarily an expert when it comes to any type of biological agents, but I know enough to be like, hey, this is an interesting, this is an interesting pathogen or this is an interesting uh, a virus that's spreading. And so that's, that's what I'm interested about. The, the incubation period interests me on this thing. Um, the fact that it's two weeks without any real symptom, symptoms and the fact that how it hits and where it hits and all that. So that's, that's what's interesting to me about it. Now, now let's put our tinfoil hats on right this second. And let's, let's talk. Who is the most likely person or group of people to have done that? Do you think that it's you know, Donnie and his crew over over in D.C.? Or do you think that it was the Chinese? Or or was it the Russians? <laughs> oh, I, I love all the conspiracy theories. So let's, let's play, and I am in no means in any way a conspiracy theorist. But I will say that during the Cold War, there were a number of incidences where the Russians were testing um, both chemical and biological agents and th- the way they would get biological agents is they would have their universities reach out to universities in the United States. Now, this is documented. There were Russian, uh, a- Russian uh, officers that defected to the United States, and they, there's books written on it and how they did it. But what they would do is they would say they would ask another, um, another university here in the States that tests on biological agents, and they would request a non-living biological agent. 
uh, to be able to do academic tests on. Now, when they got those non-living or uh, whatever biological agents, they were able to study it and then they were able to replicate it and try to weaponize it. So it was a big deal and, and they were doing that in their labs. Now, they had very weak security measures when it comes to the labs. And when they would have an outbreak in a local town uh, where a bunch of people got sick or killed, the Russians notoriously blamed it on imported beef, on imported products from other countries, uh, continue to blame it on like, oh, this is Western, uh, Westernly caused and all that. So it's very, of an authoritative regi regime, it's very typical to blame it on, especially the West, especially the United States. Now, the U.S. is notorious for doing crazy crap with the CIA and all that. However, being also having a background in business myself, I would say what benefit does it have for us to really screw over our own economy with an agent that could easily get out and crazy? If we were going to do this stuff to China, don't you think we would have it like prepared along the way? Like, hey, we're going to close off all imports, exports and everything from China once we see word that this happens because we don't want it here. They weren't prepared for it. So I would highly doubt there's some huge conspiracy that the U.S. released it into China and allowed it to get here without blocking it. The, the most likely scenario of a conspiracy theory is, and what there has been reports, and it's actually concerning, is out of uh, both Boston College and I want to say Harvard, there was one uh, university professor that has a background in biological, uh, biological research, and, uh, and he was... He was caught by the FBI, who was paid by the Chinese government to send them information. So that was one thing that was caught. And this was about, this was in February, and I, I can look up the article. Then they also caught two university students, both from China, who one was exporting, uh, um, one was going back to China, and they, they were stealing uh, vials of biological agents that they were taking back to China. And the other one, and they didn't report it, and the other one was a non-reported lieutenant in the, uh, the People's Republic of China's army. And she was a, a PhD student at, I want to say Harvard, and she was studying biological, uh, biological science and all that. Now, the fact be, her being a lieutenant was not such a big deal, but she didn't report it. That's kind of a big deal. And so that, to me, there's like, oh, man, there's someone could like start drawing all types of conclusions that I've, you know, I might have heard stuff, you know, I, everyone's heard crazy conspiracy. And then the Chinese government on Twitter, which is funny, reporting that it was, in fact, the United States is, <laughs> is just adding mud to the water, I think. I think that's what all they're trying to do is like, it's not our fault. And now on Things like TikTok, China is putting out propaganda about how much China is helping. I don't know if you saw any of that. No, no. I, I, but I, have, I have TikTok muted on like all social media. So <laughs> I don't hear you. about it at all because I think, it's, I think it's the worst thing to happen to social media since social media was incepted. <laughs> um, I think it's just a copy of Vine with music and underage girls jumping around in almost nothing. Yeah, I said what I said. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's the worst thing since since social media's inception. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> I just I, I hate TikTok. They're like I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. Like I don't want somebody to explain it to me. 
I just want it to go away. Congrats. Like I, I congratulations. You are now old. <laughs> <laughs> I just if if there's one thing, one good thing that can come out of the COVID nineteen stuff, it could kill TikTok along with all the old people. Let's do that. Let's let's have that happen and let TikTok go to pasture because I'm I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I have no need for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> doubt that there is crazy stuff like crazy propaganda. I think it's hilarious that they're like it's the American virus ever since Donald Trump was like the the Chinese virus, which it's it's really funny that And why was that an issue? I think it's just I think that people just took it as it's it's low hanging fruit. Like it's it's an easy way to say, Oh, he's racist when I mean he's he's not wrong, but it also did have a name. I don't know. I don't I think that I think that his entire purpose of using it is there like the reason that China is trying to push back and say that it's the US. It's anything to kind of take take eyes off of his let's be honest terrible con- like damage control of the entire situation um if, if anybody says that it was it's ain't been anything less than a disaster i would kind of question their judgment because i mean literally it was literally up until three days ago that donald trump hadn't stepped back on his words saying that it was no big deal <laughs> like he, he did it so many times and it was just it was super obnoxious and i'm i'm far from a donald trump hater i'm i'm more of a donald trump opportunist you know i'll only make fun of him yeah. when he presents the the opportunity <laughs> well I and mean, he makes it easy when he talks oh, it makes it so easy it's so much, it's so much fun um but more than making fun of donald trump i love just watching how upset he makes other people like that's what i love the best is i will say there's a lot i don't like about donald trump but the one thing i do like about it is that he will fight back against media (laughs) like the media will say stuff and he'll be like no 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 shut up you're an idiot or he'll be like no you're taking me out of context when you're trying to do that like when he was like when that one reporter was like what do you say to everybody that's full of fear and all that he's like i say you're a bad reporter because Honestly, they're just trying to find sound bites just to get them, and I'm like, I, I could get the frustration from on his side. Could you could you imagine just, just uh, being universally disliked by the entire the entire news media of the mass? Like, not even I don't even think that Fox News honestly like really has his back. I think they're just like, no, no, we need to let him talk a little bit longer. He's going to say something great. <laughs> And then we can put it up there and we can get some more views. <laughs> like it's it's funny that like everybody's like Fox News is just a bunch of Trump loving. I'm like, I don't even think they love him. I mean, I I don't I don't even no, know. I don't think so. I think that so many people are like, Well, we've gone this far, we might as well see what, what four more does, just because you know, why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, and then the Democrats put up the options they put up. Could you like, could you pick any I'm... worse people? Eight years I'm sorry life, if there's Bernie life. Sanders supporters or Ber- or Biden supporters that listen to this, but they got to do something better. Like, give me an option that I can feel okay with picking. Like, Bernie Sanders is he's just a, a walking like contradiction, and Biden, come on, the creepiest dude like that you can well, he's, pick. He's got multiple multiple sexual assault like allegations that are coming out of the woodwork and so all the people that were all super hard like 
everybody that's super, you know, believe all women, everything, what are they? They're left. Yeah. And then you have these stories coming out. All of a sudden. About Biden, <laughs> they're like, well, uh, and I'm like, ah. I really think that's why Bernie's still in. I think he's just like, I'm just waiting because it's going to come out. There's going to be a few more that come out. They're going to be a big deal. And then I'll just walk right past him. Oh, and then, then Bernie will lose against Trump. But that's yeah, true. It's, <sighs> it, it's very odd how like nobody likes the two party system, but nobody is willing to step outside of it. Well, and I feel like the, the, the choices outside of it are just so extreme. Like why can't you have like a, a center party that's like a, a, a socially liberal fiscal conservative? Like why does, you just, you just why does me having, <laughs> yeah, but not really though. Libertarianism encompasses the crazy. It's true. Too. They do. Like I can, but like, I can, I can be in line with some libertarian, but, yeah, it's that extreme that they go for that that also gets included that I'm like, I can't be a part of that. That's what I, I, I loved the hell out of uh, Gary Johnson, Governor Gary Johnson. I loved that guy. And then he and then yeah. he went like was, when he, he, when he realized that, he's like, <laughs> that nobody's ever going to vote for me. He just like said, screw it. And then just went full, full tilt. But, you know, that that's that's the best way to live. I think I think like going with that socially liberal fiscally conservative but yeah, neither here nor there but i do want to get your your thoughts on billionaires we've talked about this before in our, in our private conversations that we always said we were going to share out to the world but we never did but this time one we're going to go ahead and share it out oh gosh i need a soundproof door or something like that this is another part of this whole this whole thing that's driving everybody insane is it's impossible to actually get work done. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm lucky. Me and Mindy only had to share the, as I like to call it, my office for two weeks. But it, it got a little, yeah. it got, it got heated at some points, man. Like I just had to go in and be like, "Hey, I'm going to report you to HR if you don't turn down the dang TV in here." <laughs> right. It was, it was a nightmare. But um, yeah. uh, before you, before you got up, I said, "Oh, billionaires." <laughs> I have been getting and this is this is literally just going to be uh, an echo chamber and I'm okay with it for for my own beliefs but I I'm so sick and tired of people you know hearing that a billionaire has donated hundreds of millions of dollars and they're not happy with the relief that they're trying to 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 give um I saw somebody like going at Bill Gates I'm like there's so many more like bad people to go after in the world like in picking bill gates i was like come on like bill gates has along with warren buffett and i believe there's like two or three other billionaires that have signed this like pact or whatever i know it means nothing but you know he's held pretty good to it so far to give away 95 percent of his wealth before he dies and the people yeah. people clap back with yeah, but it's his own foundation. It's just tax shelter. And I'm like, okay, so you just opened up that you know nothing about taxable donations because that caps out really freaking quick. <laughs> yeah, and the whole idea of having a tax shelter that you're donating is that you're donating it to the causes. First off, I don't know of any other bigger philanthropist than Bill no. Gates with all the stuff 
that he's involved in and the actual impact he's having positive on the world. I mean, like all this stuff he's doing, just watch that Netflix documentary inside Bill's brain or inside oh, you Bill's know, I mind. Never watched it. I need to, that thing's I need to, fun I need to, to watch. watch it. It's cool to watch. Like uh, it actually kind of was like, I don't know, a little bit eye opening when he first talks about like his effort to find ways to make clean water or purify water, or at least get human waste outside of water. Because in places in the world, it's impossible to get clean water. And it's not if you get sick, it's when and how badly will you get sick? Because no kidding. And I've, I've seen it in the Philippines, people dump their sewage right into the same water that they're getting their fish from and they're eating from and it happens all over the developing world, and everything. So he's finding he's funded ways for uh, nonprofit startups to engineer different ways to get rid of human waste and yeah, to clean water. So yeah, so yeah, seriously, I can't believe he's doing like, that crap because the, 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 well, the argument is, is, well, they should be giving more or they should be giving it to the government. Well, last I checked, do you want Trump to be making that decision or would you like an individual like Bill Gates to make that decision? Or do you think you can make it better? I think decision? that, I think that we like, if you think agree you, that the best decision to be made right now is, you know, celebrities singing private sector, no, celebrities singing on the internet <laughs> or complaining. The best is they're complaining about being stuck in their million dollar, multi-million dollar mansions, multi-million dollar villas and being, come on guys, we could all do it together. It's so tough, I know, but we could do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess not having any bills is tough. <laughs> not ha having a huge mansion is really <laughs> tough. Like, give me a break, you guys. I, Don't try to act I like you're in it with that, everybody. That Wonder Woman did a wonderful thing sharing a song talking about no heaven and with lots of people dying. That's a little bit just, you know, that's going to that's gonna hurt the religious <laughs> right? people. They're going to be like, what? Grandma's not going to heaven. No, no, kids, because Gal Gadot said that there, imagine there's no heaven. She, she's dead. She's gone. Oh. That's all there is to it. Which, don't get me wrong, that's what I believe. But, you know, a lot of other people, they need that that belief system, especially in a crazy time like now. And my yeah, favorite especially part, now, like the idea of... My favorite part was, like, you, you've seen the video, right? No, I didn't see her video, but I saw a bunch of other people's videos about, like... Oh. Uh, what is it? Neil Diamond, not hands, not touching Dude, hands or whatever. His to, sweet Caroline. You, I didn't know that was a thing, but you, you, along with everybody here, need to go on to YouTube and search uh, Gal Gadot, G A L G A D O T. Imagine, and it's well, go past all the videos that are just making fun of her for setting this whole thing up, and it's literally um, each line of the song "Imagine" by by the Beatles is sung by a different celebrity in a different mansion. <laughs> and it's, it's oh, yeah. for the lack of a better word, it's beautiful because it's it's total blissful disconnection. disconnection. <laughs> it's just not like, they're like, we're going to do something great here, guys. We are going to let everybody know that we're all in this together. We don't have to worry about not getting paid for a year because let's just face it, I got 25 million off Wonder Woman on the last time and number two is going to come out as soon as this is all over. So I'm okay. Let's, <laughs> let's make this video and make everybody uh, really happy. Like that's the, that's the thing. And then the fact yeah. that she sent the idea to her, what I'm assuming is her, her agent and her agent was like, okay, well, I also represent all these other people. Let's send it out to them. 
And the fact that those people didn't go, are you retarded? Hey, this is tone deaf. <laughs> hey, there are people that are actually suffering trying to figure out how are they going to pay just for food, let alone their uh, rent. Just yeah, for like food. I, my family, super lucky. Like Mindy's still able to work because she's an essential employee in the medical field. I, uh, I'm not an essential employee, awesome. but my business is still able to support essential businesses in dispensaries. But all of our uh, businesses that weren't yeah. dispensaries that we represented had to close their doors. We took a huge financial hit, and I had to take a freaking huge pay cut. But you know, I'm still I'm still able yeah. to get some kind of money. And there are some people where it's they're going on. I want to say at least at least here things started shutting down on March 13th. I want to say. So there are people who okay. are who are almost yeah, going on 21 days without any kind of income. It's it, it's yeah. terrifying. Like the the numbers that I'm hearing uh, of like restaurants that are not going to be able to open back up. It's like 10. percent and that's and that's if and that's if uh, that's if least. it ended next week. Every every week that it goes out farther, I think it increases by like two point five percent. At a certain point, it's gonna be, there's gonna be a bell curve to it, but but still, like that's an insane. It, it's crazy. So yeah, it's it's it. You know, it's and think about this. So I've been keeping in contact with people all around the world and there's places like the Philippines. I don't know if you heard what the president of the Philippines just said, but he told the police, Hey, if people aren't following the, um, the, the protocol to stay locked down, shoot them dead. So God bless the USA and our inability to, <laughs> to listen to the rules. And if we don't listen to the rules, we don't have well, to worry I about getting shot. A bit, a bit but, I do think Oh, I do think yeah, that's no. a better choice than taking those people and putting them in jail. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the that's the re retarded thing I've I, you know, and I'm going to get yelled at for saying retarded. But the the idea to put people in jail when they're when states are letting people out of jail because of the COVID nineteen, like California and stuff like that, are letting letting nonviolent criminals out of jail because they want to limit the risk of the spread yeah, around prisoners. To, just to be clear, and to it's everybody like, listening to this, when we say retarded. We don't use nobody uses the word retarded to actually describe somebody retarded. People the way, yeah, yeah like mental uh, problems. Yeah. I'm using it for yeah, stupid actions, like, so I'm not meaning it anybody, to be anybody like that, that I have. Gets, that I know gets plenty of about people. That, yeah. Please, yeah, send a complaint to my Twitter, and I will be sure to get back to you as soon as possible with the the first middle picture finger I can find on the internet. <laughs> 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 and yeah i if you get offended by words where it, it hurts you that bad i'm sorry that's all i can say but but, but, hate speech. but nonetheless i think <laughs> <laughs> but but hate speech oh, I, I think gosh. i somehow turned oh, this gosh. into a I hope that... right, like alt-right podcast i don't know how that happened <laughs> i know crap we're gonna be associated <laughs> with that I'm going to be walking down the street and people are going to scream at me and call nobody, me racist now. Nobody can see your face. Like I said, this is all audio, so nobody will see your face. Ooh. Ever oh, good. Well, no one's going to ever look <laughs> my, me up. Now, my logo <laughs> looks identical to me, so I'm screwed, but but you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can live with that. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so that's the, that's the current event situation that we got going on right now. Um, so we've been been in lockup for three three weeks give or take some some days 
Um, have you snapped at your wife or children yet? Um, I have noticed myself getting a little bit more like uh, antsy. Um, and what me and Monica has started to do is at night, we put the kids down and then we do a bicycle ride around our neighborhood. Although I did get, almost get ran over by a boomer, like this old dude. We're on, a, you know, we're in a subdivision, so it's not really busy streets. But we're coming up to this turn, and I'm turning, I'm turning right. I'm on my little beach cruiser bike, uh, and this guy comes around the corner, cuts into. I probably came like a foot to maybe two feet away from me, and then Monica, of course, <laughs> screams because she she has to fight anything that 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 blows wind in the wrong direction. And the guy stops, backs up. He's like, well, you shouldn't be in the road. I'm like, I'm allowed to ride my bike on the road. Please, okay, next time, boomer. watch what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and then he's like, and then Monica's like, you almost hit him. And she, he's like, ah, F you, and drove off. And I'm like, that's the generation that we're going through all this <laughs> that's quarantine That's who we're for. trying to save. That's that, that right there. <laughs> that's who we're trying to save with all this stuff. And he's driving around, and he doesn't give an F. Like, that guy just yeah. like was, was telling people to spit on him. <laughs> yeah basically uh, i'm really yeah, mad that so. i had my jokes out about spitting on people before it became a crime <laughs> yeah did you hear about the amazon worker that dropped off a package and licked his or spit on the package no, i didn't yeah so apparently there's um there was an amazon worker and so the so back up so the person that got it got a package. They weren't there to get it, but when they got, got the package, they noticed it was wet on the side of it. And they thought maybe a dog peed on it or something. And they looked at the video and the video was the Amazon worker putting it down and he like licked or spit on the package. And they have footage of this happening. And so now there's like law, there's the, there could be law implications well, of the worker for that kind of because stuff, of what he did. Terrorism charges. Yeah, well, honestly, I mean, it's spreading a potential yeah. biological agent, even if you don't have it. But if you're just being a jerk, just to be a jerk, like it's not it's if you indirectly kill someone, that's that's involuntary manslaughter. I think like, it's a crime. You should be allowed to do that, too. Like, I think that's not even involuntary. If like, you know that they have a stockpile of toilet paper, like if you know they were the people that were that are, are the reason why I can't go to the store. I'm getting dangerously low, by the way. And I and every time I go to the store. All I can get is a one pack of four little rolls that there's, they're, they're the tiniest rolls I've ever seen in my life. And okay, I think it's okay to, to kill those people that oh. did the, the, uh, the panic buying. Oh, the panic buying, the panic buying. And why was so it toilet paper? It's, oh. so I actually read a couple articles and I, it kind of made sense to me. So when you're getting a lot of misinformation, because now, now, especially with this thing, you're getting extremes information on both sides. First off, it's nothing to be worried about to it's the end of the world. And so when you're an individual and this is what you're getting, like you're getting these two extremes, what you think of is like, well, what do I have control over? I can buy toilet paper and I can buy bottled water. All right, I'm going to buy 50 rolls of toilet paper and bottled water because they, it's like, when it's a snowstorm, that's what you get because you can't get out of your house, but they think that they're going to be stuck in their house for a long period of time. It's like supply chains aren't going anywhere. Like we, we're still going to have supply chains. It will be a little bit more difficult, but it's, 
like we're going to get toilet paper back in there. It's, it's just funny to me. Like it's, it's that knee jerk reaction of what do I have control over? All right, yeah. I'll do that. I, so. I suppose, but did you hear, uh, did you hear about what the governor of Georgia had to say yesterday? He said that? that up until this week, they had no idea how serious this was going to be. <laughs> it was, it was a, it, in Georgia. In Georgia? Like, we, we, we had no advance warning that it was going to be like this. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're now taking, you... taking the, the necessary precautions. Everybody stay inside. It's like, okay, you can say that we wanted to wait oh. it out. You can say, you know, nothing got too serious here yet. But you can't say that you just now found out <laughs> what's going on. Like this is, a, this is an elected man, a man of the people. Oh. How does that? How does that work? It's... How do you? How do you? How do you say like, oh, we? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And these these are people. Well, people. Congratulations, state of Georgia. People have decided should govern them. Uh, yeah. The idea of governance is well, all—it's it's a weird, it's a weird thing to to believe in as, as a whole. In all honesty, to think that there's anybody who's going to have like yeah. this altru like 100% altruistic way of of running a country as long as large as the U.S. or even a state as large as any state. <laughs> it's like. Anybody who well, really yeah. wants that job shouldn't be allowed to have that job. Period. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I almost feel like it should be I don't know, like an involuntary or well not involuntary, but like a hey, your country your state's calling you up, you're the CEO of something, or you've spent time in the military and you have like experience and leadership and all that. We need someone to run the helm for you know a certain amount of time because the way elections are ran, you're not getting an idea. Like you cannot determine how well a person's going to be able to um, to be able to manage people by how well they debate, and that's how we do it. And, and then that's we, have, we have a guy who, who's there now who does it, and he just he's got the cheat codes. He knows how to get around and say the right thing to get the right people angry and the right people riled up in a good way. It's, it's hilarious. Shut the door. Yeah. 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 I, sorry. I didn't shut the door. Um, yeah. There's, I, 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 I still like, he's the, when we're, we're I, I'm assuming we're talking yeah. about uh, Trump, but uh, yeah. He's been the biggest weird experience for me because there's times I'm like, oh, the guy's a genius. And then that's time I was like, this guy's an idiot. And I, he's been doing this to me for four years. Well, no, it's got to be, long, it's gotta be I, longer than that. You know, he probably, probably goes back earlier. Well, yeah, because the election, the first start. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Uh, and like, it's just. It's just been a frustration to just to this deal just with, like and then my desperate, my I don't desperate know. attempts to, purpose... to get my, myself off the alt right message boards. <laughs> I just have to, I just have to make sure to talk trash about yeah. the right amount. 
Well, I hate, I hate when anyone's like, I hate the, the idea that you have to defend that whoever it is because it's oh, on your party side. The most like, crazy. I look at specific people in my family, my extended family, and my in-laws. I won't mention individuals, but the same stuff that they complained about Obama, a lot, Obama. that Trump does, because oh, there are similar things, they complained they complained like everyone was complaining about the deficit and how much they were spending. Now, right now is, yeah. listen, we have to do what we have to do. Higher. However, everything else that was happening up to this point, cutting taxes and increasing spending is a problem. And no, all of a sudden, all the fiscal conservatives, like crickets, <laughs> you're hearing nothing but crickets from any of them. But when Obama was in power, oh my goodness, they were debating everything. Remember, they were saying, no, you can't you spend this. You can't do that, this. No, no matter what happens, Obama's not going to leave office. Mm-mm. He's going he's gonna to yep. stay there. It happens he's every. Stay in. And now I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, if there's anybody who uh, has a possibility of staying in because of extraneous circumstances, I think we're looking at it right now. <laughs> or... We're looking at the exact opposite. I mean, because, yeah, uh, technically. Uh, Nancy Pelosi pushing for um, massive, like massive spending on uh, voting or uh, mail-in ballots. And that's a really, like, there's got to be a better way to do an election process, no? Like something having to do with like a webcam and the internet. Like the internet, it, the internet has to in be. In the party, age, no? yeah. Like it has to be. In the age of technology and being able to often uh, authenticate and e-sign stuff and all that stuff, I do not understand how we cannot have a secure way to secure that you are you when you make a vote and you could do it from a mobile or the internet or something like that. that you're telling me that there's no way for me as an individual to prove, hey, this is me. Here's my ID. Here's my picture. All right. That's authenticated. And then... I do a thumbprint, I do something, and then I'm able to vote. You can't do that. Yeah. I find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that we can't create some type of technology that does that because I can buy stuff. I can, I can do everything else online pretty much. I can e-sign stuff, but I cannot like it's vote. It's super weird because my wife can open up Gen- my mail at any time, and, and she can fill out my ballot, which I, I get a mail-in ballot every single you know, election time because it's, it's easier. You know, so I, I don't really care. But she could she could open that up at any time. Yeah, no, I don't like going in. Vote for me. Luckily, my wife doesn't believe in voting and doesn't do that. Yeah. But that could happen. But <laughs> she can't get into my email. Yeah. Like she could never she could never get into my email. Yeah. Now there's other highly trained people that could. I'll give you that. But maybe maybe yep. there's there's a certain like amount of money that we could throw at this problem that could possibly open it up to where it's okay. So they're worried that only people with devices will be able to do it. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe a grant to get, you know, everybody, the most basic, maybe a a literal screen that is made only for voting. It's got, it's got a camera to to show or or you have, and it's got a screen that just says, yes, no, this person, this person, this person, the, the, the most basic thing ever. And you get those in the hands of all the adults. Like you could do that 
or under what they're looking to spend on making sure that all these people can get mail-in ballots. Like she was, she was looking for, I want to say yeah. like, uh, it was like 250 million. And I was like, I mean, take the. Well, there was a lot of stuff. Is this the, was she looking for this in the, this uh, last stimulus package? Put, putting it, uh, positioning it for the next. Yeah. She's positioning it together positioning now for the next stimulus package. Yeah, yeah. She was trying to push a lot of stuff. I'm like, this is not the time to be pushing new green agenda and all that type of stuff. Like, let's let's keep small business at least afloat for the next little bit, as many as we can, and not worry about that. But so I I don't know. I think it's it's a patchwork of stuff that we have to do, both like making it on an online option, both for computer and cellular devices a mail-in option, as well as a go to the poll and vote option. And then also, like, you know, <laughs> I hate to say this, but there's a lot of dumb people. And I don't necessarily think everyone that doesn't know anything about anything should vote. Like, I, I know everyone says you should vote, you should vote. It's like, not necessarily if you don't know what's what and you have no idea besides the advertisement you saw on facebook should you vote because really you're just like a lot of people make dumb decisions i mean people accuse the you know the whole um interference with the russians and the election like if those types of people are voting and they're easier to vote then they'll vote and they're way more influenced by anything and everything do you want those people to really vote or do you want someone to vote that actually like Hey, let me look how this is going to impact both me and my community and the world. Like you'd want more thoughtful voting than just making it so easy for everyone to vote. Uh, I don't while, know. I'm, while I agree with you, I'm scared of people. Until we, we we have like some kind of radical revolution where we you know we fundamentally change the country. I don't think you can really you know take away that that you know, as it is right now, right. I mean, do I think that you're right? Yeah. Yes. Do I think that it's right to implement that at any given time as we see fit in this world, especially right now? No. Do I wish that do I wish that you had to take yeah. the test? Well, I mean, yeah, I do. I do wish I wish I wish that everybody that, I mean that, I go that's how you do it right here. Okay, so there's Every ballot is accompanied with a test, and, and each test is a little different. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some, some that repeat, but there's <laughs> going to be different tests out there, and you have to answer the questions. You have to get a certain percent right for your vote to count, but you'll never know. You'll never know if you're if you're A minimum IQ know. test. <laughs> It'd be so funny. Yeah. All of a sudden, a minimum all IQ of a sudden, test. California becomes a oh, gosh, state. that'd be awesome. <laughs> I guess the, I guess the blue voters <laughs> couldn't pass the test. Um, well, now you're alt right. <laughs> now they're going to accuse you of being alt right. Being alt right? Not really. That's not true at all. I'm not okay with that. Uh, not really. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they get you. So I also have this like other belief that so I I think first off military service of at least two years should be kind of mandatory, like two years military yeah, service, about that whatever. And to be, episode, when you I do that, you. because there's, there's a lot of benefits to it, 
But above all, it gives you a perspective of the impact of decisions that decisions have on both you individuals of yourself and the community and then the world. Because if you're sitting in some fob and bum F nowhere where you're just sitting there and you're, you're getting, because some politician got a hair up his butt to, to send a bunch of Marines to sit and watch some forward, forward whatever operation, operation. you'll have a much better idea. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, like if you have that type of uh, like understanding and then when you see your elected official running and you understand his policies a little bit like, well, no, I don't want this guy because he's a little bit trigger happy with deploying people. Like he's, he's first for doing that. And I think there should be some restraint. You'll, you'll have a much better uh, perception of that. So that's why I like, I think first off two years should be mandatory. So it's, and it, and we could re- open that up to, um, two years in military service and military civil service. So now we're thinking about more, you know, later on, we're going to have some more um, uh, healthcare type of, uh, you know, pre- preventing pre- pandemics like this. So it could be like a really needed thing to have a force that you can call up really easily. But you have some type of job training, you have some type of understanding. And then if you wanted free college, like everyone's asking for, two more years, and then you get college paid for. That's not that, four years is not that big of an investment. And then on top of that, then to be able to be able to vote and be able to like that, let's, let's make it a mandatory two years of military service to vote. Like how, how hard is that? Although there'd be constitutional changes and all that, but the whole idea would be everyone puts skin in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, It would be. So, It'd be just, just, so this just is your, swell. This is It'd your be just swell. But... You're running in 2024. Is that what I'm hearing? No, I gotta first become a billionaire, and uh, that doesn't always guarantee anything. And then you not see what happened. To I gotta make enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bloomberg was a little bit of an an idiot. Like <laughs> he came in late to the game, and he he ran as a as a center-left Republican in a Democratic debate. And it just wasn't his time. And he, was, he just completely didn't realize it. He's like, I don't like Trump. And the only way we can beat Trump is with another business guy. I'm like, well, the problem was at the time, there was nothing wrong with the economy. And so you're running on, I can keep the economy good and you won't have Trump. Like, it's like, okay, well, that's not strong enough of an argument and you're running in a Democratic side. So you have to really change. They don't like business people on the Democratic yeah. side. They really don't. So it's not, not the smartest but thing. He, he no, he, I need like, to first. About his entire run was the things that he would say, like to dig at Trump. Like some of them, you know, Trump thought about. Like, you know, Trump was like, they, <laughs> yeah. nobody's laughing about me behind my back. Nobody's doing that. And then two year, two hours later, he's like, Son of a bitch! I think some. I think people are laughing behind my back. No, it's... <laughs> right. That's when he started making fun of him for being short. That's when you know you got Trump. Is when he starts insulting you. Like, oh, I got him. He's, he's paying he's attention to me now. Down the best politician at shit talking. Like that's a given. <laughs> Trump? Oh yeah, no kidding. The only one I can say is different is if you go back and learn about uh, Teddy Roosevelt. That guy was the Trump of his time. I know people are going to hate me for that because he's considered like a leftist and all that. But to be honest, like he, he was more of 
of a Trump-esque politician than anyone else. Like the insults he would throw and how he would throw people <laughs> under the bus and all that type of stuff. Like it was very similar to the time we're living in now. But you were saying you're, you're becoming a billionaire. But, Go on. Yeah. So I first, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff right now. I could see myself running for some type of office, not, not president or anything like that, but city council. I, I think, I, I, always, I think that's a sweet gig. Honestly, honestly, that would be a fun gig to have. Cause if, especially if you have some business acronym, uh, some business knowledge and stuff like that. And then you could just go in there and you'd have those, those career politicians that never <laughs> could rise up above city council. But you're just like, listen, you're an idiot and you've never done anything. So I don't really care. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that wouldn't I, be I so bad. I'm like, you know what? I bet I could, I bet I could get comfortable by the time that I'm like 40, like monetarily and be like city council, Westminster city councilman. Justin Lane wouldn't be bad mixing things up. Next thing you know, after after city council, I'm like, you know what? This is getting bored. I'm going for mayor, and then after that, governor. Then after that, boom, boom. President Justin Latham. No way, just be a senator. You pull in decent money and you be a senator. Like senator, senator is the gig. Yeah, and you just you just wait for you do what they do and just wait for your vote to matter and then you just hold out and you just sell it to the highest bidder. <laughs> I mean, they don't like do that. That's 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 unethical. They don't do that. The, the biggest suck of politics. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you're completely insignificant. You're a junior senator from anywhere, like, but the minute your oh, vote matters, then you become the most important person. <laughs> Okay. Like, wait a second. I can I get something for this. Here. Like, Damn it, I could have gotten more. <laughs> Dang it, I could have gotten more. I could have done better. Oh, man. I don't want to ever have to pay for meals at restaurants. They're like, done. I'm like, ha And I'm like, wait a minute. They said yes way too fast. What did I just prove? <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's that would be my problem too. I'd have such a narrow mind. I wouldn't think of like anything else besides the immediate goal I'm trying to reach. I wouldn't think for far enough in advance. <laughs> uh, but uh, but besides all the crap that's going down, I I do think I'm a pretty I'm a pretty big optimist when it comes to what's happening now. Um, I mean, if you look at all the t downturns in the economy is when some of the biggest breakouts happen, both startups and individuals um, that made the right moves and jumped on the right bandwagons. Um, you know, this is going to change the United States and the rest of the world um, on just basically, I think it's going to come down to like even the interactions that we have together. Um, like, I mean, just us talking right now, uh, you know, this was starting to be more of a big thing, virtual conferences, communicating from afar, but still having like the, uh, the that feel like you're right in the room with each other. I, I think there's going to be a, a lot of new innovations that are going to happen, um, a lot of new opportunities. And the biggest opportunities happen during these downturns and during like the resets. And this one is particularly
the biggest opportunity, I think, since like World War II ended for businesses to start up, um, for, for individuals to get, get their piece of the pie. Like, I, I honestly think that, yeah, there's a lot of crap and there's a lot of crap that are happening. It's disproportionate happening to lower income. Uh, the opportunity, like the opportunities are, uh, impacting negatively the lower income than the higher income. But if you have the opportunity or if you have the grit to Which do something right now, it's the time to do it. My, so, my virtual brainstorm. Uh, so everybody's losing their minds because of one particular thing right now. And that one thing is live sports. It's like, it's caused, it's caused a huge amount of money to be lost because of advertising. Like just in general, the, yeah, that's there, boring. There's, there's nothing that's boring. <laughs> Everyone's bored. <laughs> so here's here's my my you know billion dollar idea. Have you seen have you seen the show Black Mirror before? Did you ever see the episode 15 million yes. merits where it's kind of like a, yes. uh, a television um, talent show type thing? So it's that you know, everybody describe it to me. Merit system. Um, and in order to get like these merits, you go on to this like TV show. It's like America's Got Talent, and you you're either sentenced to live your life in dank submission the rest of your life, or you get elevated um, by getting these merits. They call them. Does it does it ring any bells? Okay. Yes. So yeah, so they're on bicycles, they right? Show in front of. Yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. Okay. The four judges or whatever, three judges, four judges, you know, whatever it is. And it got me thinking, like, if we could make a way to make it appear that these sports are being played in full stadiums and everybody's able to put their, like, you know, headset or whatever and, you know, feel like they're there, that's giving a better experience for the people at home. And it's keeping us socially distanced in case this becomes more of a permanent thing. And so. So. I love it, except I think the technology already exists. It's not being used all the way yet. So. Yeah, so there's that VR thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I've actually been kind of thinking of almost the same thing. And you could even sell like the same seats twice for VR. You know what I mean? And then when you're in the audience, like what I'm saying, like I, let's say I have my headset on and I, you have your headset on and we're talking back and forth and all that. And in the arena, yeah, our conversations like happening real time. So we could be like, Oh, like that. And it's, there's a speaker at in my, in the chair I would be in yeah. where I, that that is being actually played and all that. I think that, I, I think I think there could be something to that, and then the arena could even be a, a like a yeah. green screen in just yeah. a court for the players to playing. And it could be in like I wonder, you know, because nothing's ever going to get down to like only ten people, but you can bring down these like tens of thousands of people events and knock it down to under a hundred. Like that's going to be good in the long run for when something else like this does happen because it's going to happen. Like it happened in 1918. It happened again this yeah. year. Like, I mean, granted it was a hundred years, but still, if we can, if we could have done something in 1918 to halt 
the huge shutdown. Yeah, 25 could, million or whatever it was, that, it died. There was no technology for it. So, you know, I'm not saying shame on them for not doing this. But now that we do have certain technologies that are afforded to us, isn't it kind of our responsibility to find the best way to use those? And it's kind of it's kind of the, the people's responsibility to, you know, to take the technologies that we have now and further it even more. Like make you know those those you know four to five G jumps, make them make them a real jump to where, you know, maybe in a couple of years the idea of a hologram in your house of your loved one is a real thing. Because yeah. If this does happen again, it's going to be worse, no matter what. Like, I mean, granted, I, I don't know. It, it's because it, it's not worse now than what it was because of the Spanish flu. But it almost is worse because of the amount yeah. of death that's happening outside of actual physical death. Impact. It's small business but... death. It's death of your income it's death of this it's death of that like how much how much money are I, I, it sounds really like heartless when i say it like this but how much money are those people going to be taking off of the government which is then going to be taking money off of all the people to to get back on their feet and it's not their fault like i mean to a certain extent it kind of is but it, I'm, I'm not trying to put any blame no on no side. yeah this the the waves of this are going to be felt so much more than just the death toll, which is something that, like, I, I, I got pissed off at you because of a, a Facebook post that you made, like, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And it was, like, it was, you know, that's that's what oh, I was yeah. thinking of back then. Is like, it's, not, it's not the death toll that I'm worried about. I mean, I don't like death tolls. I don't want people to die. But no matter what I do, no matter what you do, no matter what anybody does, people are going to die, guaranteed. But the things that we can kind of control is we can social distance ourselves and try to make it so that it spreads slower so that things like hospital overpopulation doesn't get, you know, run rampant and make it impossible for people to get treated for other um, yeah. medical issues and things like that. And I think that, I think that it's, I think that something like this is really showing, it's showing our, our, um, shortcomings, like like when it comes to digital communication. I mean, yes, Zoom is great. Skype is great. But actually, you know what? I'm going to take it back. Skype is good. Zoom is good. But they're not great. It's not, it's <laughs> not like we are just sitting in the same room. And I think that yeah. until you can recreate, like when you, you look at that yeah. situation, you look at what it's like when you have three people whose minds are melding in the same room, I mean, there's there's something like so, like beyond science that happens when three people are in sync with their brains, and until you can recreate that on technology, I think that that needs to light a fire yeah. under the Comcast ass of the world, the AT and T's, the T Mobiles, the Verizons to make to up that bandwidth ability. I mean, it and to charge for it. Obviously, I'm not saying that it's their responsibility to do this, but but it, yeah, does, yeah, yeah. it does show that it's not going to be free shortcomings that we have and uh, we can make it that much better. And I think that this is the, my, my, you know, sports idea is it's one piece to make it so that if this does happen a hundred years down the road, it's not 
as impactful because we've already taken the measures to not let that happen. Yeah, I, you know, I think I, I'm, I'm a pretty, uh, um, pretty big capitalist when it comes people. to innovation and people solving the problems. I, no, I actually, if, if it wasn't for capitalism, poor people's way of life would be much, much, much worse. But that's my personal opinion. But I think what we're going to see and what I'm excited to see um, because of this, um, you know, because this is, this is really sad and the impact it's going to happen on the poor and the elderly and the sick is going to be really bad. Um, but the, the biggest opportunity that's going to happen is going to, first off, we're seeing it in a way that hasn't happened since World War II is the voluntary adaptation of private industry to address a problem. I mean, there's a lot of them are just giving stuff away to try to help this problem. And we're going to start seeing innovation like we've never seen before. If that sounds a little Trumpish, I'm sorry, yeah, but um, we're going to see innovation like we haven't before more. because we're going to have, <laughs> we're going to see innovation like we have never seen before. I'm telling you, people are going to look at this innovation that and be, wow, you need to stop this. No, um, but we're going to, we're going to see innovation like we haven't seen before. And it's not going to come from the big companies. It's going to become from people like you and me sitting in a room being like, dude, I can't stand using Skype because now I have to use Skype all the time. And when I'm trying to be creative, not being in the room with someone to bounce ideas off of and get on a drawing board and all that is really messing me up. How can we do this? What technology exists? What technology do we need to invent? Like, I, I've been thinking about the same thing. My, my, like, I have a hard time connecting with people over Skype and over the internet and stuff like that, especially when I'm trying to convey uh, uh, a vision that I'm trying to, that, that I'm trying to portray and I'm trying to get feedback from. It's very difficult. So that, for example, just virtual meetings and being away from each other. I think we're going to start seeing all these startups that are going to be like, all right, this, there's a lot more money in this. Now there's going to be a lot more venture capital in it. There's going to be a lot more individuals that, you know what? I'm creative when it comes to videos and I know a little bit of technology you might be a better uh, uh, software developer. Let's work together to create something that really works. And you know, it, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a time for it. And you know, people, this is just this is just how we operate. We don't address a problem until the problem hits us in the face. I mean, you look back at when it's the problems existential, like when it was World War II, the Nazis in Japan, like. The, the Imperial Army of Japan and the Nazis, like no one really dealt with a problem until it hit them in the face. Like everyone was like, ah, just, just don't deal with it. Don't deal with it. Same thing you've seen with this. Now we're starting to, you know, come to terms with the idea of globalization, which I, for one, am for globalization. Um, but the impacts it has on getting cheap products from places that cut corners, um, you know, and I, I love the people of China and I love... I love working with my Chinese suppliers and all that. But when you work with a government that it's authoritative, it's communistic, and the, the, their, their free market sector that they're using to make money off of is one and the same. So there's no back and forth. So in American economy, there's a back and forth between the government and the private sector. 
The government wants regulation on the private sector. The private sector doesn't want any regulation because they want the government out of their stuff. So there's a good fight that happens. Now, sometimes the government and private sector go overlap and people complain about that and monopolies and, you know, taking advantage. But there's usually a back and forth that we kind of even out. When the government and the private sector are one and the same and the advantage of the government is to have the private sector really reach out, corners get cut. Uh, honesty is lost and people, you know, we, we see what, what's going on with us giving money year after year after year to come uh, to authoritative regimes like China and them covering up information, them cutting corners, them, you know, just, just kind of messing up other developing countries by undercutting the dollar and, and keeping the prices low and all that. So in that huge rambling spill, we're going to see innovation and we're going to see changes in supply chain. That's why like, I'm still really big on this is the best time to be alive. This is the best time to be in business. This is the best time to take big risk because the next few months are going to show us a lot. And we might slide into a little bit of a, a depression, um, but the fundamentals of the economy are still solid. And the only thing pushing it down is this existential threat. And the same thing that happened in World War II uh, World War II got us out of the Great Depression, but the same thing happened after World War II, after everyone was able to get done fighting the war and getting back, is people wanted to make up for the time lost. So we're going to see an increase in productivity. We're going to see an increase in innovation. And like, like I said, like I really feel like the opportunity is ahead of us. Like It's going to be really awesome to be a part of it. And you know, it, it's going to be sad going through it, and it's going to be tough. But there's also a lot of advantages to going I mean, through it and, I'm, and I'm really, being able to have a shared experience. It sounds like super... It sounds really bad what I'm about to say, and I don't mean it the way that it sounds, but I'm glad that this happened in the sense that it's it's opening up those weaknesses that we didn't we weren't really aware of. So like I had I'd had a conversation mm -hmm. with somebody, this is months ago, maybe even years, where we were having the conversation about why I thought that gig speed internet is is gonna get to a point where it's it's gonna be a necessity. And they just thought that it was absolutely impossible that there's ever going to be any kind of need for that. And I think that I think that you know seeing this happen and how <laughs> you know, seeing the things that are happening to uh, Netflix in Europe, uh, them having to throttle people because there's so many people using their service at one time that they have to throttle it so that everybody doesn't get shut down at the same time, as opposed to just some people watching degraded quality. Um, yeah, I think that I think that that's going to be the one thing that's going to really boom after all this. I think that getting getting in on anything bandwidth related, whether it's server farms, whether it's um, you know developing the technology, whether it's fiber optics, like it annoys the crap out of me that fiber optics are going to get a bump after this because the fiber optic company that I worked for in Denver, where it was a bunch of fucking asshats, <laughs> and it annoys me that they're going to be making money on the back end of this thing. Uh, it annoys me. It's just, it's because, it's because I'm a, I am a, uh, a grudge holding yeah. jerk myself, but those, those types of people, the fiber optics companies, the, the server companies, like these, these are all industries that are going to boom after this because everybody is doing these zoom calls and it, for the people that are new to it, it's, it's this new frontier. But for people like me and you who have had to do it for a little while longer, you realize those limitations and everybody else is going to realize those limitations as well. And that's when it's going to be like, okay, well, we need, we need yeah. Zoom to be this much faster. 
for Skype to be this much faster. And in order to do that, what do you need? You need bandwidth. And so um, my little stock tip for everybody is yeah. if you know of a company that you think is going to be around after this that has to do with that, servers, fiber optics, bandwidth in general, buy up those stocks while they're low because they are going to boom after this because there's going to be a lot like you're saying, there's going to be a lot of different innovations and all those innovations are going to be based on one thing and that's bandwidth and the internet. Yeah, and uh, I'm not a financial advisor or a stock advisor or anything like that, but I would also be looking at any type of um, stuff in the travel industry right now. It has all taken a nosedive. If you can buy into Boeing or Airbus or anything like that, or any type of uh, American Airlines, there there's going to be a huge consolidation <laughs> of airlines because they're all non-existent now. Or, so if, the stock wanna, or if you just want to go visit cheap. Australia, buy your also, um, it's kind of going off of it's like three hundred and fifty bucks each way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. Like I, I'm I'm like looking at like trips to Asia I want to take, and I know everyone's scared of Asia, but guess well, what? what? What are we supposed it's to be? It's not going to be like this forever, guys. It's, we're going to get better. Um, but also. <laughs> well and okay when it comes to statistics that no one seems to remember from college or anything like that we are taking more samples than anybody i've i've been talking to a lot of my people around around the world so i got people in india i got people in china and stuff they aren't testing anybody anymore because it only creates more panic that's that's why they're not doing it in india they flat out refuse to test anybody and they only test enough just to show numbers are going up, but they don't want to test everybody because all it's going to do is create more panic. So the fact that we have the most numbers is actually a good thing because yeah. we're testing more and we're getting a bigger data set. Because once we understand the data set, we're understanding how impactful the actual disease is. Because that's my whole thing yeah. from the beginning is we don't know enough to be this panicked over it. From the limited data that we have, we know that it's extremely uh, dangerous well, I'm, for I'm people 65 plus with pre-existing conditions. I've been, I've been hearing That's what we know. Stories of, well, I have diabetes. Well, have diabetes. if you have any type of asthma there's, there's or of, stuff like that, I've been hearing, like, yeah, that, that can also be an impactful. Days, yeah. I've heard eight stories of people from 21 to 38 that had diabetes that have been killed by them. Like, geez, I'm terrified. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's seriously, no, it's, there's stuff to be concerned about it, but the truth is we still don't have enough data to totally be verified about it. You know, what's kind of funny is when, and this is getting back to Chinese. pointing fingers at whoever, when swine flu was a big deal, no, no, not Chinese people. When swine flu was a big deal, uh, people were like, Hey, maybe we should close the borders and Trump or I'm sorry, Obama was like, ah, it's already in like, Swine and then swine flu killed like 60,000 plus people in the United States. H1N1. Yeah. It killed a lot of people, but everyone's like, well, that's acceptable. That's acceptable, you know, death and all that. And I'm like, okay, well, we accepted it then. What makes a difference now? There's so many different things behind it, but needless to say, we just don't have enough data. I, I really think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity. If you have a pre-existing condition, you should be very careful I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not doomsdayer on this, uh, but I am 
being very isolated. I'm keeping my kids very isolated. I don't go to my in-laws lately because I feel like they're high risk and my, my mother-in-law is, but they're not really listening to it because, you know, they just don't care about it. So it's, it's, yeah, a, bag of, it's, it's a bag of worms. It's, like there's all just, types of stuff to deal with. It. I don't know how I wish we handled it. I just know that we didn't handle it the optimal way. But to be like, I, you know, and I, I know people are being really critical and there's a lot of stuff to be critical on Trump. Uh, I, I still don't think we had enough information to be the, the sca as scared as we were and then to react the way we did. Like, I don't think we did. So once there's, there was only, if you did nothing and everyone did nothing, no one would have really criticized Trump for it. If the rest of the world was like, ah, not shutting down their borders and we were the only ones, Trump could only lose by it. But the fact that everyone was closing down their borders, he had to act. And the fact that we have an election coming up. So let's say that after this whole thing goes through and the death rate because of all the measures is less or the same as the regular flu, there'll be one group that says, see, this was nothing more than the regular flu. There'll be the other group that says, see, if we did nothing, it would have been so much worse. Yeah. And there's really no way to test the negative on that, to test either way. Because we all are going to get exposed to it in some way or not, and it's going to impact us in, in various ways. I mean, maybe we'll get a, a um, uh, what's it called, the, the, the antibody or the, 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 um, the coronavirus shot or whatever that we'll be able to help take care of it. I don't know if we'll get that in time, but we're going we're gonna to go through it and we're going to have to see what it is. And it, then it comes down to, if you don't think it was worth it, like if we, if we come out and find out that, hey, it wasn't that much bigger than the regular flu, then we have to make a big decision. And the next time something like this happens is how much economic impact is worth a human's life or humans' lives because we don't close it down for the flu every year. We don't close down the entire economy because of the flu every year. And so then, then it comes down to, all right, what's the acceptable loss rate among people? And that's what it comes down to. Can you hear me? Can't hear me. No, you can't hear me. At least I can't hear you. Son of a gun. I can't hear you. Well, it's my show now, mother effer. Ha ha ha. Oh, you want me to unmute this? Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'm going to stop this one. Okay. You want me to stop? So you said that you haven't, uh, you haven't like fully snapped at your children or wife yet. Um, I have. <laughs> the other night, it was... <laughs> It was just it was just a Sunday night and I was just looking on Twitter and I was just, you know, perusing and my wife was like, What are you doing? I was just I lost it. I was like, You don't I'm even like, know what I'm doing. I'm just doing my, my own doing. business. I'm just doing my own thing, just on my own damn phone. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like going crazy. And like I halfway realize it while I'm going, but like I can't stop while I'm going. And so I have to keep going with it. 
that's uh that's called bad communication skills because it's okay to admit i think what i think what you know so i everyone everyone snaps man <laughs> everyone gets upset everyone loses their cool but i think that I think that a successful relationship you have with people, and this is anybody, this is your kids, this is your work associates, this is your wife, this is your husband, this is partner, whatever it is. You both have to have like some grace for each other. You both have to forgive like, all right, it's obviously that you're having a problem right now. Let's rewind later <laughs> when you're ready to talk. Like, you know, and, you know, obviously if this is happening every day, that's, that's a whole nother story. But if this happened every <laughs> once in a while, but if you're under both stress, yeah, you're going to fight together and you're both going to, you're both going to freak out, but you got to have grace for each other and be like, all right, listen, I'm sorry. You, you got to be humble enough to say you're sorry, or they have to be humble enough to say they're sorry. And then they also have to be humble enough to not hold it against you, which is much easier said than done. Because <laughs> when I explode and I say stuff that I shouldn't say or whatever it is, it's really difficult because the people that know you the closest can cut you the deepest because they know where to cut you and they know where your weak and soft spots are to cut you. <laughs> and so it's, it's just, I think the way we're going to get through this as, you know, people in relationships a lot is we're just going to have to have a lot of grace and understanding for each other and forgive each other and hopefully ask for forgiveness and be humble enough to realize when we're wrong because it sucks right and now. It does. home offices to escape to when you just need, your your space to breathe (laughs) i don't know how people in like new york and confined cities do it when they have like a 1200 or 700 square foot apartment like i i don't know how people in these these compact urban areas do it being being stuck in like i remember hearing about china and all that and i'm like yeah that sucks being stuck inside for 18 weeks or however long they were stuck inside for but then you think about like, cause of how small and confined their area is like when you're welded in your apartment, because that's what the Chinese government did to some people. They welded them in, into their apartment. They shut the doors and locked it up. It, you can go stir crazy. Like it's rough. Yeah. You can definitely go stir. Like that's cause I was on day. I think it was on day like 14 of not leaving the house at all. I don't even know what day I'm on. I've lost count. <laughs> well, no, like I, I'd even stopped like going out for walks stuff, mostly because like the people around our house, like they just, they're, they're just looking at it as like some time off work. Like it's time to take the kids out and just like run amok. And I'm like, you still need to like keep your social distance. Like, yeah, I don't want your kids in my bubble. And if your kid gets too close, I'm going to have my dog bite him. Not, I mean, it's not that's true. one thing that I thought was kind of, I thought was kind of interesting is like we we had this time of, like, I, I, have you seen the meme where everyone was on? It shows before this, it showed everyone on their phone, and then after after coronavirus, everyone's outside during social distancing and all that. And honestly, it's I've been trying to go outside more and trying to I I have a craving to do more stuff which I didn't have before (laughs) just because I'm stuck inside now. And so it's like, you can't, you want what you can't have. And when you can't be outside now, you want to go outside and hike. And I generally don't go hiking very much, but I want to go hiking. I'm the exact same way. Like last year I told Mindy to kick rocks like the entire year when it came to hiking, I was like, I'm not going to do it. The one time that I did go with her, I 
she didn't tell me where we were going and I was wearing cowboy boots and Ooh. like my, my heel, Those are not hiking shoes. well, my heel collapsed on me. Like I was standing on a, on a like berm of snow and my heel just like collapsed underneath me to this day. Every morning when I wake up, I hobble for a solid 15 minutes because it did something, it did something like irreversible to my heel. And it's just like, I just have now a limp every time I wake up or I'm not like using my foot a lot. Like it's just, it's, it's a nightmare. So like, you know, did your ankle pop at all? Oh, my ankles have popped since I was. Oh, okay. I, I was probably like eight when I noticed that my ankles popped. Oh, <laughs> so sucks. I've, I've, I've been plagued with ankle issues. Plus like when I played football, I twisted them regularly um, and then played through it. Uh, every single time. <laughs> yeah, so my, my ankles are, are complete garbage. <clears throat> and so when it came to hikes last year, I told Mindy to kick rocks. And now I'm like, yeah, let's go hiking as soon as this is over. <laughs> but then I, it, it makes me even more nervous for when this is over because oh, everywhere is going to be a nightmare. Like I'm glad that I'm not a super like bar person anymore because going to bars would be a nightmare as soon as this is over. It's, yeah. Oh, it's going to be the worst. That's going to be the time where a terrorist organization releases an actual agent because everyone's going to be like, no, I'm not going back inside anymore. And they're not going to listen. And they're just going to be, that's going to be the time to do it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So do you do camping at all? Uh, no, I mean, I've gone okay. camping. I don't enjoy so, it, but my wife loves it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell you about an, an app I heard about. So I heard about it through this startup podcast and it's a, it's now it's a pretty big company. So it is the Airbnb of privately owned property for camping. Mm. So like what the, the business case was a lot of ranchers and a lot of people with property, they're land rich, but they're, but they're capital, they're money cash poor. poor yeah. yeah. They're cash poor. So what this, this person did is they did a startup where you, these people are now able to rent out like Airbnb, like Airbnb, their property, different pieces of property for camping. Sometimes it's glamping where it's like a cabin and everything else. And sometimes it's just the property with, you know, and then you get the experience of going to that person and they get to tell you where all the, you know, if you like fishing, go fish, wildlife, whatever. It's called hip camp. Hip camp. That is Oh, whoa, what the hell happened? I can't hear you. I'm there? Oh, oh, there you can't you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, sorry. I might have moved at that, that thing. Okay, so it's called Hip Camp. Um, and what it is, is it's an app you can get on your phone, and you can download it, and you can look in your local area, or you can look in outside of your local area. It's Like I said, it's basically Airbnb for camping or glamping. And you can do, and it's privately owned properties and all that type of stuff set up kind of the same way where you can go ahead and rent these cabins or these campgrounds or, you know, whatever you want whatever's offered and you get it rented out. And it's actually really cool. And I'm actually looking to use it once this whole thing's over. I think you could even use it now, but probably discouraged because you're not supposed to be camping a lot right now. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Clever idea, right? Yeah. And so, and it's a way to help like these, you know, these uh, farmers and stuff that have property and they, you know, don't have a whole lot of ways to make capital. I, I thought it was such a creative way to use property 
that's not being used and be able to monetize it for some of these, you know, these ranchers and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's actually super freaking cool. Yeah. Technology, man. Technology. That whole way to, to deal with stuff and all that. That's that's dope. A little cabin for 75 bucks a night. Sign me up. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, even during the, what's it called? I'm pretty sure you could probably stay, we rent out a place and stay in it now if you wanted to, but I, I don't know if you'd want to do that, but you could, you could, and that's what's important. You could do it. Could Oh, man. That is super cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, uh, I heard about it. It's a, a startup by a female, which is always kind of cool to see a female, uh, like entrepreneur or female founder. It's, it's, it's awesome when you see that some women can be as successful as men. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> okay. oh my gosh, let me put an asterisk next to that comment. It's clearly a joke. People, I wouldn't be on a, a podcast with a person that would actually think that. I know it's just, it's so, like it's it's the most ridiculous thing I could think to say, and, and, I, and yeah. I just said it. <laughs> no, I so uh, yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. I can't. I don't. I can't. I can't say a whole lot now. But yeah, but no female entrepreneurs. No, you know what? And it it I, I say it as a joke, but it is really cool because there's a lot of people who do they adopt this this for the lack of a better word victim mentality. Um, at a very at a very young age, and it, there's there I I've seen it in women, to where they don't think that they can do as much as some other people, and I think that it's it's great whenever you can see somebody like you do anything, whether it's yeah. create a business, whether it's run for a certain office, whether you know representation, it does matter. Like, it, it no, it does because it it's an it allows you to yeah. And that whole aspect of once you like the true visionaries are people that no one else has ever done it. No one else. There's no other like trailblazer or whatever you want to call them. Like no one else has ever done it before. And then you do it. And then you're that example. But for almost anyone else, if you, if someone else has done it and someone else like you has done it, then there's, there's a path there. It's possible. And so being like, like being able to do it, all you have to do is like, well, there's one example now. And there's almost that for almost anything for both females, um, you know, minorities. There's, there's almost any of those examples for that. Like if they want to say like, I, I go back and forth, whether there's actually a true, um, you know, when they say white privilege, I, I, I think there's privileges in so many different spectrums. And so I don't necessarily believe like, there's a white privilege that's for everything. If there is anything of a white privilege, it's that I truly believe that there's nothing holding me back because I've seen people that look like me do everything. And so that's what I'll say. Okay. That is a privilege I have yeah. because I believe that there's nothing holding me back. But if you have it, like you're saying in your mentality, like, Oh, well, you'll never see a, a, a white kid from an LDS background do anything like that. Like if you believe that, then that is, you know, you say it, it's true. Like it's that whole kind of aspect. Yeah, it's something it. that so, I've been noticing a lot. Like learning about like like through different podcasts and whatnot, learning about like different celebrities, like actors, actresses, athletes, things like that. Of these people that came from these small towns, like we came from a really small town. I mean, you didn't spend as much, you know, formative years in St. David, Arizona yeah. as I did, 
But when you hear about people coming from these small towns, and I, I didn't get to hear these stories until, you know, very recently, like, like my biggest, my biggest thing is I, this is something I touched on in, in my last episode is like, my biggest regret is that as soon as I turned 18, I didn't pack up my car and move to LA to pursue comedy. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that was an option. I didn't like, there was a part of me that just thought that the comedians in the world were people who said funny things on TV shows and every now and then would get a group of people together and just say funny things on stage. I didn't, I didn't know any different. And then I, you know, I got my eyes opened, you know, a few, uh, probably like seven years ago now by, you know, just listening to Joe Rogan and like learning about how all his guests got into it and how he got into it and how, how it was like, actually, it's actually a thing that people do to make money. Like they're, they're living as they find a way to be funny to enough people and they pay all their bills that way. And some of them pay a lot of bills that way. <laughs> and like, that's coming from a small town. I didn't know that that was a possibility. I had no idea. Like, yeah. it, it blew my mind. And then learning that there's, there's people that came from these, these towns that like, I think the Matthew McConaughey came from like a town of um, 3000 or something like that. And you know what he was able to, to go on and do and, you know, become this, this beacon of like, you know, positivity and, um, you know, what hard work can get, like, it's really cool. And it's getting those people who you can identify with, you know, a, a poor white kid from, you know, BF, I think he was from Missouri. I don't don't remember where, no, was he from Texas? He might've actually been from Texas originally. Matthew McConaughey. I thought he's something about the South. Yeah. Probably like that area. It's it's we live in the greatest time to be able to see that. And like the I think there's gonna be more successful uh what are they, Gen Zers? Once they once they get their heads out of their asses and expect everything to be handed to them, there there's gonna be a huge uptick. Maybe it's gonna be the, the coronavirus kids that become like the super successful ones because they realize that there's you know the the world is truly unlimited on what you can do um i don't know i don't know where all that came from but continue sorry i over i yeah. took over no, your, no. your thing <laughs> no no i'm 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 with you i'm i'm anxious to see how the the gen zers uh, end up turning out um because if you think about it so there were gen z is post 9 11 that they were kind of born into they don't remember that anything prior to 9 11 they don't know anything prior to like smart technology, smartphones, the internet, they have no, they have no understanding of that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And they, they've had, they've seen some crap. I mean, they saw that they, some of them remember the 08 downturn. Yeah. Um, now, now this, this is, this is pretty big for Gen Zers and they're like teenagers right about now, I think. Right. What's the age of Gen, Gen Zers? Is Gen it like, Z, let me look it up. Gen Z, because I know that millennial is um, eighty four or eighty three, depending on who you ask. To like ninety five, ninety something. That sounds about right. Wikipedia, when you need it, come on. All right, so we've got Gen Z. Gen Z is the demographic cohort succeeding millennials, preceding generation. Whoa, Generation Alpha is already a thing. 
Oh, what's okay. generation out? Okay, so researchers in popular media use mid to late 90s as starting birth and early 2010s as ending birth years. Okay, so that means generation alpha is anything post like that. 2012. That's crazy. I didn't realize that like millennials is a huge group. It's a pretty big group. I remember when I had to inform Mindy that she was a millennial. She went into denial. She was very upset about it. <laughs> I, I am right on the cuffs of being a millennial. So I can both claim being a millennial and a Gen X. Actually, I heard someone write something up on it. And then like there's a in the in the in-betweens are usually people that have equal disdain for both the generation that technically they are a part of and the generation before them that 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 does me because i gen x i think uh, they're all losers and gen z i'm like uh or i'm sorry uh, the millennials i think oh gosh i can't handle millennials but at the same time i i have both traits of both those generations so i'm like oh, i'm stuck in it's the middle. funny it's like when i when i think of generation x i think of like the least like like what did you do i think of grunge <laughs> You yeah, gave us, I think you of gave grunge. us Nirvana, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and and that guy went and shot himself. So, what'd you end up giving us? My, I have a, I have a friend who's a, an amazing artist, uh, Jesse Bones. I'm sure he's probably listening to this. He's he's actually my tattoo artist, and he takes he takes oh, cool. these Funko Pops. Like you've seen the Funko Pop vinyl figures. You haven't no, seen. I okay, have so not. they're they're these little things. Look it up real fast on your computer while I'm talking. They're these little figures and they make them for everything. So there's like X-Men ones, there's Harry Potter ones, just search pop figure, um, X-Men pop figure or Harry Potter pop figure. And they, they all follow like the same art style and they, they're like these big headed like dolls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost like bobbleheads, yeah, but yeah. not quite. And so he, what he does is he takes these, these untouched versions. He'll take the ones that you see right there that you can buy and he'll cut the faces off of them and input sk- a skull and he'll he'll like you know put the face back on but it's only like half the face and you're seeing like half of harry potter's face ripped off or something like that so it's really creative stuff but somebody commissioned him and gave him a kurt cobain one where he was holding a guitar so he ripped the guitar off turned it into a shotgun that was bleeding bleeding oh. from the end and then did the research like went through he, he he told me he put a lot of time into reading all the the forensic reports about where the entrance and exit wounds were and did them perfectly on the the figure <laughs> and that it was it was amazing like it looked it looked phenomenal it, it was it was awesome. the coolest piece of art i've ever seen in my life and i was jealous that i didn't come up with the idea for it um but anybody in denver it almost sounds i was i'm yeah, it almost sounds like those skeleton, um, the Day of the Dead dolls. Have you heard Day of those of things? Day of the Dead dolls, no. Uh, so it's a, uh, gosh, anyone Hispanic person would probably know this. But so I had a friend that did kind of the same, like the, okay, you know, you've seen those, those yeah, Hispanic yeah. skeletons. Yeah, it almost sounds a little bit like that, where they do these dead doll figurines of um, people that have passed on before. And so... It kind of sounds like that. It sounds cool. I wish there was a picture. Will, you should I'll, I'll uh, post it, that I'll up I'll find a picture time. for you, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share it to you. It's, it's for the lack cool. of a better word, freaking awesome. But that's uh, for, for yeah. the folks in Denver or visiting Denver, 
after all this craziness. Look up Jesse Bones, Tattoos by Bones. Jesse he Bones. is he's the the most create one of the most creative guys I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. And uh I can't I That's can't cool. say enough good things about him. He he also like he recently got two violins that he's going to to work on now and the things that he does it's just it's really cool i i just i'm excited cool um yeah what were we talking about right before that that's see that's why i i think i'm a great podcaster and i think i'm a terrible podcaster all at the same time because <laughs> i can talk about anything for a long period of time see, here's the good thing all you have to do is just edit it up a little bit. So you can go clearly into one segue into another. I know some people like have long form without any editing, but I'm like, so some strategic editing can make this thing sound uh, great. I'm, I'm never going to like, the only reason that this one's going to be edited is because we had to do it in two different pieces. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan yeah. of just letting the conversation be as, as raw as possible, no matter how uncomfortable it gets. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's good. But I also think like little segments of information are good too. That's true. Like, cause you might hit a topic in a conversation and that two minutes is like the gold. And me as a listener, like you're going to have a bunch of different listeners. Some people that want the full thing and some people want that, that little segment of two minutes that you're talking about a specific topic. That's, that's why I want to, I want to get, uh, so. a f- I just want one fan who will do that for me and do those clip outs. <laughs> like I yeah. just, this is this is the the call going out to all like 20 people that listen <laughs> if you know uh, how to do audio edit and you want to clip these out and put them on youtube and instagram and everything i'll let you do that <laughs> <laughs> i'll let you advertise free exactly for me. and i'll give you all the credit i'll give I'm you all the credit you know i mean you didn't <laughs> create the greatness that i'm making but you know you're definitely you're definitely doing something. Yeah. Uh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. We live in crazy times, man. Crazy times. Crazy, crazy times. old crazy times. Oh. All right. So I have this uh, analogy and maybe since we're just a little bit of lull in the conversation, I'll go ahead okay. and give it out. So, you know, I've had some time on my hands. I, uh, I, we had an old garden box and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be stuck in the house a little while. I'm going to start a garden. So I started planting the garden, all that. I'm just throwing seeds yeah. in, you know, just, just throwing seeds in, just turning the thing, trying to expand the garden a little bit. Nothing sprouting up really yet. Well, a couple of things are, but nothing really. But so I like analogies and I always thought, thought it was interesting that, um, you know, like biblical analogies have often to do with like with faith and gardening and planting and growing because mainly most of the people there were just farmers right everyone could everyone could follow those analogies really easily it's like oh you grow something it's like faith you have to water it blah 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 blah. so and being in a startup company myself and having to try to maintain the faith like i find a lot of analogies there so i've been working on this analogy in my head so this is going to be the first time i verbally exit it so it's probably going to be either something really bad or something yeah it's probably just going to be really (laughs) bad so here it goes so the idea of like starting a business or going into business or anything like that can be the same as like you're trying to um you know start a garden Uh, and the reason why is because there's different there's different types of people getting into gardening there's the people that have no expertise and they're just like, 
I know I put seeds in ground. I know it needs sunlight and water. I'm not sure what type of things to plant when. I'm not sure how much water to give and how much. So basically me right now, I'm just putting crap in the ground. I'm putting water on it and I'm hoping stuff goes. I don't know what type of nitrogen, what type of nutrition I should be putting on the ground, whatever I'm planting yeah. out and seeing how it goes. And those are like, I, and so my analogy of that is like the people that get out, they're just like, I'm just going to figure it out. Like, I, I don't know anything about this industry. I don't know whatever it is. I'm just going to go and do, and I'm going to see what grows and what doesn't <laughs> grow. And then once that grows, then you learn from that and then you can a adapt it. And then there's the, the next like level up from that is someone that like, maybe, you know, someone, maybe you do a little YouTube in YouTube university and you figure out, Hey, in Arizona, you know, you might want to plant this type of pro this type of crop at this time. And you might want to water it this much. Now I have a little bit of knowledge and I'm like, okay, sweet. So I know I'm going to plant pumpkins in, you know, September and I'm going to water it about twice a week or whatever it is. So then you have it like a step up. Now, when it comes to nutrition, you can still learn a lot from there. Maybe your particular soil in Arizona isn't the best, but whatever. So you're that next step up. So maybe you have some, you know, some, you know, I consider that like, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of schooling, maybe, and then maybe you didn't finish college, whatever, but you're, you're learning a little bit and you're starting your business. And then you have the others that like, let's say you, you, you actually go to school for gardening or you actually have a background in gardening. You work for on a farm or something. So you have a lot more extensive knowledge. So that way I'm, you know, you know, Hey, if you put nitrogen in the soil the season before, and then you water it and you, these are the type of things, you know, what you're going to, you, you're kind of going to get out to. And that, that's what I kind of consider of the, the people that go to school and, or maybe the people that get some, uh, some, some, mentorship from someone that knows you're able to have a lot more successful with what you do. You're going in with a little bit of knowledge, but here's the thing. When you do that, when you go in with it, more knowledge, you'll know what everyone else did to succeed. So you'll be able to carbon copy that, but you won't know what they didn't do that they could succeed more. So the guy that goes in and says, I don't know what I'm going to plant, but I'm going to plant this, this, and this, and I don't know what's going to do well he might accidentally stumble upon something that no one else has tried because he just simply doesn't have the knowledge of the industry to be able to try it out. I don't know if, any, if you're following me on this, but there's that chance of luck that you have a better chance of hitting if you don't know much yeah, about the industry. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Whereas I've, if heard you, it, I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard. Oh, really? Oh, man, I thought it was really oh, smart sorry. coming up with this. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to. Yeah. I mean to steal. No worries. Just, you know, it just means you're in good company, I guess, with whoever I heard it from before. Where? Um, but yeah, it's I, I. I'm trying to remember what I heard it associated with before, but it was that same thing of like not knowing. It had something to do with not knowing what's possible. Means that you also don't know what's not possible, which then makes the the yes. impossible possible. Something to that effect. Yeah. So I've heard it from multiple, like listen to a lot of podcasts, multiple startup companies. They're like, I, I probably wouldn't have done it if I had known how hard it was because we had an advantage because we were just ignorant to the industry. And so we, we didn't know that it wasn't possible and that was an advantage for them. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like, if you, if you just stumble your way through it, you, there's, there's a chance that you might stumble onto something. Now there's a lot of failures along the way, but there's a chance that, you're, you're not knowing everything won't have, you won't have 
pre-existing limitations that you put on yourself or your possibilities because you just simply didn't know beforehand. There's definitely something so, like it. It's, and I think, I think the, the last place that I heard it said, it was in a video. It was like, do the impossible. And it was, it, it highlighted a bunch of things that were said, stated to be impossible before they, they happened. And it was, it was a really cool, it was a cool, yeah. cool, super cool, like motivational video. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. Um, okay. So what is, what is one thing we'll, we'll leave it with this. This is what I end every episode with, or I try to end every episode with, if you could give yourself one piece of advice to 18 year old Ira, what is it? One piece of advice to 18 year old me. Um, I don't know, man. There's a, but through the whole process of my, me going from 18 to now was, it had to be a process, but I, one thing that I, I don't know, I would stick with is just the thing that got me to like the point of now of, of discovering is just go ahead and throw yourself into it. Like whether it's, it's, you know, you know, I went on the mission. I, I, I went into the, the Marine Corps and all that when you try to, when you try to keep your options open all the time, you end up going to get stalemated. So instead of like trying to hold off for the best possible option, it would be find something, throw yourself into it and just do it. And then if you do it and it ends up not being that great, well, at least you, you got through that process of doing it. And so if you find it was a waste of your time, well, you're that much further down the road than you were if you're just sitting at a crossroads, just watching it, which path to take not wanting to take the wrong path. That's the advice I would give myself. If I could have done that a little bit more, I would have been, you know, a little bit better off, but I, I feel like I've done yeah, an okay yeah. job doing it. There's always Every something time. that we could do yeah. a little better though. And, you know, in case, in yeah. case one of us decides yeah. to, to figure out time travel, now we, uh, we have a little bit to take back to ourselves. <laughs> little insight, little insight. Yeah. All right. Well, that is, that is going to be it for this week's installment of this just in. Uh, as always, leave a leave a like, uh, like and subscribe. I think that's more for YouTube, but uh, subscribe to this uh, through Apple Podcasts. Hopefully, it'll be up on Apple Podcasts one day. I think that because of the coronavirus, like all my emails that I'm like, hey, can you guys get this up there? I've I've kind of fallen on deaf ears because you know people are trying to make sure they can live and whatnot. But uh, eventually it'll be on Apple Podcasts. And yeah. It's it's now on uh, Spotify. So um, like it over there, and Ooh, nice. uh, you know tune in next time. Which I'm not I'm not 100 sure when that'll be because this wasn't the smoothest. <laughs> this wasn't the smoothest experience. But you know I'm gonna figure something out one day. Uh, but we will hear you next time, or you'll hear us. You'll hear me next time. You you may hear Ira again sometime, but. It's not going to be the next one. Maybe. Um, but that's yeah. it. And I think if we're just going to go ahead and talk and have it kind of like slowly fade out. And we're going to keep talking and talk and talk. And it's talking yeah, and stuff. Okay. That's cool. And yeah. done. <laughs>